Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Simon Little is an online journalist, excellent online journalist at Global News British Columbia. And Simon has a story you can find right now on globalnews.ca. You can go to local uh, British Columbia. You'll find it there. Advocates are hopeful about recommended changes on BC policing and mental health. Simon, thanks for coming on the show. How are you? I'm well. My pleasure to be here. Yeah. So let's talk about uh, what is this that led to the review of policing and public safety in British Columbia? It's been going on for a bit. Yeah. So, I, I mean, the, the article we're talking about here is about mental health, but that's only one part of this huge report that came out on Thursday. And basically... Um, the provincial government here, NDP government, uh, launched an all-party commission, uh, all-party committee uh, back in 2020. So this was at the height of the um, social justice protests uh, that followed the, the George Floyd uh, incident. And um, essentially, you know, there was a lot of uh, attention being focused on policing, racism and policing, the interaction of policing and mental health, um, and uh, a variety of issues around that. So. They, they struck an all-party committee, which involved MLAs from uh, all of the three parties with seats in the B.C. government or in the B.C. legislature here uh, and set them to work. And the product uh, came out uh, just on Thursday. And, and one of the uh, suggestions, I understand, is replacing, and this is being discussed in different provinces over time, being discussed in various provinces even now, but in British Columbia it's being suggested a replacement of the RCMP with a British Columbia provincial police force. If that happens, that's a big change. What can you tell us about that? Yeah, well, it, it's huge. I mean, the uh, RCMP is the police of jurisdiction for uh, most rural communities here, uh, I, pretty much all of them. Uh, and there's about a dozen municipal police forces in the province. Um, and uh, everyone else contracts to the RCMP. So uh, the idea here, you know, the committee said that this isn't supposed to cast aspersions on the work of individual uh, RCMP officers, but was more a matter of um, issues with the governance and accountability uh, sort of contracting to a federal police. Uh, so they wanted to bring that, or they're recommending to bring that uh, into BC here. Uh, and uh, this is sort of a, a theme throughout the uh, entire report. Um, but they want uh, to uh, focus on a, basically create a police force here. Uh, and their words are uh, focused on the values of decolonization, anti-racism, community and accountability. Uh, and so to do that, uh, and, and a lot of these um, recommendations in the report all come under the umbrella of replacing what we have now as the Police Act and creating a new Community Safety and Policing Act, uh, which would, uh, you know, if assuming that the government moves forward with this, uh, be sort of built around these values of decolonization and anti-racism. Is there a, is there a large uh, or a lengthy uh, list of recommendations under consideration going forward? Yeah, there is. Uh, and uh, the, the area that I was focusing on in my article is about this interaction with mental health and policing. So, right. um you know, as it stands right now, uh, if um, somebody's in a mental health crisis and, um, you know, it's uh, especially if it's uh, in the overnight hours or on the weekend or something like that, uh, 911 gets called. And um, when you call 911, uh, you get basically the police and the police don't have a lot of options in that situation. Their options are, are to sort of, you know, speak with the person and leave them be or, or to take them to a hospital. Um, 
And, uh, you know, we've seen a number of cases in this province, and I'm sure in, in your province and across Canada as well, where sometimes these calls go wrong. Um, yes. And, you know, you've got a, a welfare check that results in somebody's death, or you have somebody that is um, in crisis in the streets, uh, and you end up with a, a police-involved shooting. And in, in this report, you know, they said uh, they looked at, I think, 127 deaths um, in interactions with police uh, over the last, I think it was five years. Uh, and... Um, yeah, the, uh, you know, they said that disproportionately these cases uh, involved people in mental health crisis. So the idea here, um, you know, the number of these recommendations are, are trying to sort of disentangle that uh, police first response and find ways to either uh, pr- pr- through prevention or through um, intervening with other actors, uh, you know, community led or peer led type groups uh, or some kind of um, combination with the police, uh, get away from that police first response and find a way to get um uh, mental health resources on the ground uh, in those crisis situations. Yeah, it's so important. I remember maybe it was a year or a little longer than a year ago, I spoke on this program with the mayor of Kamloops and the local RCMP detachment head about uh, the CAR program in which they send out a police officer and a mental health uh, professional. And uh, in th- that particular case, they made a very strong case for that, and I understand that that's being reviewed. How do you think this uh, report's going to be received by the people of British Columbia? Any way to know? Yeah, uh, well, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, the, the people we spoke with uh, were pretty hopeful about this. Uh, you know, it, it seems like the, at least the uh, the committee, and, uh, you know, we need to be clear that this is an all-party committee that produced a report that goes to government. Uh, you know, the government has to receive this to decide how to act on it. So, you know, we've all seen a lot of reports come across our desks, and they don't always result in action. But, um, you know, advocates, it sounded like the MLAs were really listening and, and came up with some thoughtful uh, recommendations and there's result to this. So, uh, you know, we spoke with um, the BC Crisis Centre here uh, and they, one of the uh, recommendations they thought was great was finding ways to um, incorporate a mental health response into that 911 system. So, you know, they, they were uh, suggesting, you know, an easy uh, or easy place to start or inexpensive place to start is to, um, you know, be able to connect with the mental health crisis line through the 911 call because the, that call taker can spend time uh, with the person that a, a 911 operator can't. Um, we spoke to the Canadian Mental Health Association. Uh, they were also really uh, positive about this. They felt like the, the, the suggestions that were made to the committee were, um, you know, honestly listened to. Uh, and, you know, they, they, they spoke about that car system you mentioned. Um, they said, that's good. We want more of that. There's not enough of that. Uh, but they also recommended, you know, situations where you don't have that partnering of police and mental health. You have peer-led interventions, and um, they, you know, they spoke about a, a pilot project or a new project that's going on here in the North Shore um, that, that intervenes, uh, you know, without the police going out. They send out a, a peer-led team, and that frees up police resources that, uh, you know, may be sent out to a mental health call that can be responding to crimes instead. Okay. That's fascinating. I mean, it's uh, going to be very interesting to see, beyond very interesting to see how this all develops. Let me just slip in a question about another story that you worked on with your colleague Aaron MacArthur on Global News BC about a British Columbia company that prepared to electrify internal combustion engine vehicles so you can keep your minivan or your classic gasoline-powered vehicle on the road, even your classic Rolls-Royce, which I understand has happened. What's the story here? Yeah, it's super cool. So this is a Vancouver-based company. Um, they're, they're still at the small stage right now, uh, but they do do the conversions. Uh, and the, the gentleman we interviewed, who's um, the president of the company, has got uh, a, an old 1976 Porsche 912 that he's electrified um, uh, that we got a real cool look at. 
Uh, and uh, yeah, so right now they're specializing in, uh, you know, sort of uh, vintage or collector cars. Um, because the cost is still a little high. It costs about 50 to 100 grand to get this done right now. Um, but they're trying to build the company up so that, um, you know, if they scale operations up, uh, they, the job gets cheaper. Uh, so the idea being, you know, they'd like to create a package that costs about $30,000 for you to bring your, you know, minivan is hitting the end of the road. Um, you don't want, you can't afford a new electric vehicle or, the, you know, the car's still good. It's just the engine's gone. Uh, you could convert that over. They're also yeah, uh, specialized in uh, school buses. And they've yeah. developed the if you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.